Hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. This is our show. So between last episode and this episode, we have released Wars of Marcus Aurelius. Yay! And it's done really well for us. It's uh, sold pretty well. In fact, uh, by the end of the first day, we were looking at how many we had sold and how many decks of cards we had ordered. And we're like, wow, we better order another batch of cards. So we, we did on that day, and we're just uh, waiting on those. Right now our stock is a little slender, but we should be getting those cards in soon. So there shouldn't hopefully be any interruption in in orders, or if there is, it's just going to be a few days. Apparently, uh, people like solitaire games. Who knew? So actually, that's something that, that we've known since we started the company. Yeah, when Agricola did really well. Really well for us, yeah. And, and that was early on. That was, what, our third? third third game? Yeah, which I remember when I first heard, when I first got into the hobby and then heard about solitaire games, I didn't really get the point of them. Now, I understood... Uh, playing a war game and playing both sides solo. That made sense to me. But for some reason, the game designed specifically for one player seemed kind of like a, a, a weird thing. And then I actually played a couple of them, uh, which were better than, than others. Because the problem with a lot of solitaire games, I think, is that you don't have as many decisions and you're just kind of along for the ride. Uh, but I played a couple games in which you actually made meaningful decisions. And, and oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool. And apparently these sell really well, so maybe we should do one. And uh, maybe my Agricola game that I've been working on for years as a two-player game and it hasn't worked as a two-player game, maybe it should be a solo game. And that turned out okay for us. And I'll admit I was a little surprised at how well Agricola did. Now, I knew it was going to do all right, but I didn't know it would be such a, a big hit as it was. Um, I think you always believed in it because you you tend to have a good instinct for these things better than I do. Yep. <laughs> Such modesty. Uh, but it kind of caught me off guard. And then um, I was like, well, I better do another one. And it took me a while to get that other one. I mean, it was another year before Charlemagne was out. I wasn't expecting to be working on another solitaire game, at least so soon. Yeah, I was. I was anxious to get another one out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got three coming out this year, including Wars of Marcus Aurelius. Uh, we also have NATO Air Commander coming out probably in the summer or fall. And then uh, we have a uh, science fiction game from Fred Manzo, which will either be at the end of this year or might be early next year. It really depends on our schedule. The trouble with being successful is that we have a lot of balls in the air right now that we're trying to juggle. A lot of projects... We basically have enough games to release for the next year. For the next 12 months, we have enough games where if we release just those games and develop no other projects, we're set for the next 12 months. And for me, that's kind of crazy. That's that's like really planning ahead more than we have been. Um, and uh, the turnaround time is longer than it used to be. And we kind of like being nimble and quick and having that fairly quick turnaround time on our games. So we'll see how we deal with that. Right now I have a stack of games I need to get on the table, uh, submissions people have sent us. And we actually, in the last couple weeks, got more submissions and we had to say, look, we'll look at these when we can get to them. But it might be a while because we have 19, 20 games we've already accepted for publication. We're already working on 
plus we have all these other submissions we're still trying to get to, to look at. And I remember when I was a freelance designer trying to pitch my games to people and I would come up on someone's submission guidelines on a website and be like, we're not accepting submissions at this time, check again later. And I was like, what, what is that? Why aren't you accepting submissions at this time? But now I kind of understand it because it really does take a lot of time if you want to actually look at the game and get the game on the table and engage with the game. Because you could get, you could approach submissions going into it looking for a reason to say no. And then it's very easy to get through submissions that way. But that's not how we want to do it. And that's not how I think a company should do it if they're interested in looking for quality uh, and unusual idiosyncratic games the way we are. And this is a different experience than what we had when we started the company. So when we started the company, we were kind of actively trying to find designers and find games. And it's a different experience than what I had when I ran the magazine or what you had. Yeah, when my, my experience previous to Hollenspiel, um, I was constantly looking for games, uh, getting in contact with designers, looking online, it was it was difficult to to find games previously and and now we're inundated they had to be games that were a certain size anyway there was a very strict size limitation that we don't have at Hollenspiel we tend to go smaller with Hollenspiel for our games we still have a small uh, footprint but um, we're not necessarily as restricted so you really were in an enviable position there and the fact that you found the stuff that you did was uh, really a testament to how good you were at that. But now we're at the point where we don't need to be headhunting, as it were. People are coming to us more more than we are able to deal with in a timely fashion. Because it's just the two of us. Yep. You know. There's no one yeah, else. Yeah, and other. then you, besides dealing with, out, well, I'm the one who deals with the outside designers anyway. You're dealing with your own you're designing them, you're developing them, you're, you've, you've got that whole thing with your, your own games that you're focused on. And I don't even have that many games this year. No, you don't. I, I had, we had more on the schedule, but then we looked at all the games from other designers that we have, and we're like, we got to get some of these out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not slacking off necessarily, but I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit. And you still have Shot and Shell stuff. I mean, I have a Shot and Shell game that's yeah. basically finished. Uh, I need like to do a final round of testing on it, but I don't see us getting it out this year because I don't see a, a hole for it in our schedule. So sorry, Shot and Shell fans, it's going to be a little bit more of a wait before you get uh, the Heights of Alma. And one of the games I'm working on is another solo game in that Agricola Charlemagne kind of system. Uh, actually, I have two that I'm kind of looking at, one which is a lot more atypical, but we'll see how I do with that and how long it takes to, to get there. That that one sounds really interesting to me. Yeah. Uh I, I can't tell you what it's about because Tom well, we could, hasn't really... I guess we can tell him what it's about. So it's, okay. And that is a game about um, the endurance, about Shackleton's expedition to Antarctica. That obviously is a very different theme than trying to conquer Britain or trying to conquer the Frankish Empire or trying to bring back together the Roman Empire, which is the, the subject of the Aurelian game I'm also working on in that same kind of cup adjustment uh, system. So it's taking that cup adjustment mechanism and applying it to a radically different subject matter where it's not about conquering or governing or building up something, but just 
holding this group of men together. In researching uh, the, the expedition, uh, Shackleton's leadership was uh, really very uh, active and very well attuned to the morale situation, to the emotional well-being of the men under his command. Uh, and that was just as important as trying to get them food uh, and keep them warm. and Keep them busy every day. Yeah. So I'm very interested in taking those cup adjustment mechanisms, which are focused on how do the people feel about you and your leadership, and applying that to this set of circumstances. So we'll see how I do with that. That probably that won't be this year. Uh, a lot of projects I'm working on right now, they won't be out until next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has some really interesting ideas that uh, you know, I'm trying to push him to get to. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But we have a lot of stuff that we're we're wading through right now. So it's going to be a while. My only real regret is we don't really have a multiplayer game, a three-plus player game for this year. And I had a couple that I'm working on, and we have one that we're going to be publishing that we talked with another designer uh, about, but those won't be this year. I'm looking forward to Prepotent. So let's talk about Prepotent. So Prepotent was a game that I designed years and years and years ago. It was... My first yes as a designer, the first time a publisher said, yes, we will publish your game, was Prepotent, which is a game about horse breeding. And it did not get published. The circumstances uh, financially with the publisher did not work out that way. Uh, there was a Kickstarter it did not fund. Um, and I got the rights to the game back, I don't know, two, three years ago. And we've been talking about what to do with it. You know, Should we try to shop it around? And there were people who were looking at it. And we were also talking about something that should be something that we could do. And the thing is, it's more... That was me. I, I yeah. was more... Tom Tom wanted to shop it around. I said, no, let's do it ourselves. Well, so the, my, my thing has always been, let's do it ourselves. I like the game. I think we can do a decent job. We know the game. You know, it's... We have more invested in that game. So... The, I have a lot of hours of playtesting that game. That's <laughs> true. Well, the thing with Prepotent is that, at least in the version, in the original version that I submitted to the publisher, and in the version that they were prepared to publish, which were two different versions, but I won't get into that right now. Both of those versions were pitched more at the midweight Euro market. And the problem with us doing a game pitched at that market is that we don't have as much uh, penetration to that market. And the people we don't have components either that they're going to like. Well, that's exactly it. The people who will want to buy that game from in that market in that marketplace are going to throw a fit over a paper map. We ran into that situation with infamous traffic. They were not a fan of the paper map at all, and we got a lot of backlash from people who were like, "I paid fifty dollars for this game. Why does it have a paper map? This should have been ten dollars for us." Doing a game that is designed to appeal to that group of people is a non-starter. Now, something like 4X, which was pitched at the heavier crowd more explicitly and didn't have the same appeal to the the midweight, lightweight Euro crowd, you know, we did not get people chastising us for component issues on nearly the same scale as we did with traffic. So in looking at should we do prepotent, as a game ourselves, as something that we 
will publish, I was looking at how are we going to approach this? How are we going to market this? And it didn't make sense from our point of view to package it in, in that Euro style. Uh, rather, it should be packaged as something that's going to appeal more to that nerdy niche. Uh, that kind of informed a lot of my design decisions because there are things about Repotent anyway that I was unhappy with. So there was the version I had submitted and then the version that uh, after three years of development, the publisher was ready to put out there. Uh, and they basically have sanded off a lot of the edges to make it more palatable for a wider audience. I don't know how wide an audience there is for a game about horse breeding. It's it's a pretty niche topic. And so in reapproaching the design, I've made it a weirder, nerdier game. More akin to what I originally had in mind. Not my original version, but what I had wanted that original version to be, but because of my, my skill level at that time, I wasn't able to get there. But, you know, this is eight years later. I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit. Kind so, of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. So, kind of, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The prepotent prototype is ready for printing. Yes, it's ready for printing. We have the prepotent prototype, and it's ready for printing, and I have to cut stuff out, and then we're... We're gonna yep. try it out. It's been reapproaching the design in a way to make it fit the particular niche that makes sense for Holland Spiel as a publisher. Yep. I think we have to stay true to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and and not try and go mainstream because we just don't have the model to fit into mainstream. No, we don't. We we can't afford the components that you're going to get in a mainstream game. You have to buy uh, 1,500, 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 copies to make it work. And we have no place to put that. We don't yeah. have that kind of money. Especially the number of games that we do. We, we need we do, a distributor. Yeah. We, we do 15, 17 games a year. We don't have the room for... I mean, we barely have the room for the wood bits for uh, the games that have wood bits. I mean, they're all in our guest bedroom. They're all stacked in boxes. Yeah, well, if we had 2,000 boxes of... Whatever game, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. their house. No, there's, there's <laughs> we our house. couldn't live yeah. in our house. <laughs> and you know, actually, so we have a game coming out with wood bits. When we have lots of games coming out with wood yeah, bits, we, so, but we have a new game we're working on coming out with wood bits. And when we release the game, it's going to depend on when we can order the wood bits. And it's not that we're necessarily cash strapped at the moment, though. Paying our taxes recently was was kind of an adventure. It is more that we need to actually have room for another box of wood bits. We need to get through some of the wood bits that we have in order to make room for more wood bits. And we're waiting until we can do that before placing another order with our with our German wood bit supplier. And that's that's where we are right now. It's nuts. Yeah. But um it's a good nuts though. It's a good nuts. Yeah, I'm not I'm not, you know, it's, it's like a cashew or uh I love cashews. I know you love cashews. And pistachios. Yeah, pistachios are okay. You don't like pistachios, yeah. I'm not a bit... I'm okay with pistachios. I'm not big on pistachios, but they're all right. You know. You don't hate them. You're just no. not a big fan. <laughs> Almonds are okay. Mm-hmm. Brazil nuts. Yeah, but the only nut, which isn't really a nut, that I'm not a big fan of, um, is the peanut. You don't like peanuts? It's a legume. I just said I'm not a big fan. I eat them. Yeah. Uh, I just prefer others. Other nuts. We're a couple of nuts. 
we are. Bye.